This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. So, if you have been following along, which I trust that uh, you members have, we have taken quite some time and taught on ministry to the family, spirit, soul, and body. And we open up during that time the opportunity for people to ask questions. And so here over the last several weeks, we have been addressing these questions. So we have another question before us today. But before we get started, I want to make sure that we go over the definition of marriage. And I always think about this when we come from a perspective from the church, is we're coming from a biblical perspective. So always remember that. We're not coming from people's experiences. And sometimes people's experiences, they contradict the standard of God and and the Bible perspective. So when we hear the definition of marriage, we're coming from God's standard, okay? And so the definition of marriage is that it is a divine institution. It is created by God and whereby two rational, free moral agents who are born again choose to enter into a lifetime covenant with another imperfect person. That's marriage, okay? So again, hear that definition. We'll go over it again after the question. But it's a divine institution. It's been created by God, whereby two rational free moral agents who are born again choose to enter into a lifetime covenant with another imperfect person. So here's our question. We're going over a different question uh, from the other questions we've had previously. Here's a question that was posed to us. And let me say this uh, when I, uh, before I read this. Um, the only bad question is the question that you didn't ask. Okay, and so uh, none of these questions we are considering as silly or ridiculous or anything like that. Now, the question you had that we don't address that you didn't ask that was silly that you didn't ask it. Uh, but here's the question we're dealing with today. Is it wrong to remarry after your spouse passes away? Is it wrong to remarry after your spouse passes away? And no doubt this question is coming from a biblical perspective. They don't want man's opinions. They want... Uh, what does the Bible say? You know, they probably heard different things from different people. And so we're going to come from a, uh, give you a biblical response uh, for this question. And I do want to warn you, this, I'll say this is a disclaimer. Um, when we give biblical answers or come from a biblical perspective, it is bound to offend somebody's experience. It's bound to, uh, uh, you know, offend how somebody is living. And when we come from a Bible perspective, understand this, especially when it concerns marriage and remarriage, we're not trying to put anyone under condemnation. We want you to be aware of the standard of God. So, so just be aware of that. That's a disclaimer as we go forward. So the question is, is it wrong to remarry after your spouse passes away? And, and even in the definition that we have for marriage, there's the answer, right? Again, I want to go over it. It is a divine institution. It's been created by God where two rational free moral agents choose to enter a lifetime, a lifetime, covenant with another imperfect person. So it lasts for a lifetime. So if one of the lives is over, then, uh, well, let's see. This is Bible-based. We don't just make up these definitions. This is Bible-based. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I want you to see that we do get our definitions from Scripture. We don't just come from man's opinion. We do not want that. It is a lifetime commitment. So for your life, you're committed. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39 reads, The wife is bound by the law, that's the law of marriage, as long as her husband liveth. 
because it's a lifetime commitment. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth, but if her husband be dead, if he passes away, if she becomes a widow, she goes from wife to widow, it says here, but if her husband is, be dead, she is at liberty. She's at liberty. She is free to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. So you hear that definition, right? You understand where we're getting that from. It's a lifetime commitment. And once one of them passes away, so let me say this. This is where that disclaimer comes on board. So if you know someone or knew someone as a spouse and both of you are still living, to get remarried again is against the order of God. Okay, it just, but, and we're dealing with this question, but, and it's because I can hear again the, the, the minds go, well, what about me? Well, in all honesty, you know, a lot of us have missed God in a, in a lot of ways. And you're married now, you're not going to get out of it. And you're committed and you're bound to whoever you are married to right now. But we want to know the order of God. What if it got disannulled? See, that's the question I wouldn't ask. And we're not going to deal with that. We're dealing with whether or not our spouse passes away. So if this question is about, hey, you know, my spouse is still alive, I want to get married again. Well, biblically, that's not the order of God. But if your spouse has passed away and you are a widow or a widower, the Bible says you are at liberty. The Bible says you are free to be married again. Now, I will say this. I'm going to pass this over to Minister Haston, but uh, here's our concern, right? This is always our concern. Our concern is that, as Paul says, we don't want you without carefulness. Okay, so we don't want to just leave you out there and say, yeah, you can get married again without making sure that you have the proper biblical counsel. Amen. And, and again, I'll just go ahead and piggyback off of what Minister Martin just read there. And I love this question, to be honest. I love all these questions. It's real because it's good to ask this question, right? Is it wrong to remarry after your spouse passes away? And, and again, we just read it right here in verse 39 in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. You know, it says, the wife is bound. I like that. It's amazing. We, we start off saying the wife is bound by law to her husband. Right? And then it, it reads, she is at liberty when he's dead. So that answers the question. While he is alive, you are bound to your husband. But once he passes away, you're at liberty. You're free. Right? And so now you think about, alright, that's good. And I, and I like how it reads, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. So now let's take this a little further. Look at verse 40. But she is happier if she so abide. Abide what? Unmarried. You're free to get married, but it's amazing how Paul says, I'm giving you counsel, right? After my judgment, and I think also that I have the Spirit of God. And so Paul is really saying, you know, you have the liberty to get remarried, right? You do. But now let's think about the considerations you need to think about before you get remarried. Because depending on what season of life you are in at this time when your spouse has passed away, that should help you to think about the consideration whether I need to get remarried or not. I mean, get real with it. So let's just look at the season of life, right, that you may be when you pass away. Let's turn with me to Ruth, because I think Ruth is a great example of individuals that their spouse passed away and see the season of life they're in. Turn to Ruth, chapter 1, the book of Ruth. God is faithful. Ruth chapter 1, starting at verse number 2. Ruth 1 and verse uh, 2 says, And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion, <clears throat> Aphrodites of Bethlehem, Judah, 
And there came unto the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left and her two sons. And she took them wives to the women of Moab and named one of them Orpah and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. And so now we see this situation where we had a husband and his wife had two sons. His two sons took wives. And now the husband passed away and then his two sons passed away. So now you have three women that are now widowers. Right? During the season of life. You have Naomi, you have Orpah, and you have Ruth. They're widows. Right? Their husband has passed away. But look what season of life they are in. Now, turn with me to the same chapter, verse 11. Because these are things you need to consider when you talk about getting remarried. Yeah? Consider where you are at in your season of life. Verse 11, it says, And Naomi, again, Naomi was uh, the, the husband, um, the wife of the husband. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that there may, may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way. For I am too old <clears throat> to have an husband. If should I say, uh, I have hope if I should have an husband also tonight and should also bear sons. Would ye tarry? For them till they were grown, would he stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. So now you see Naomi is speaking for herself, for a season of life that she's in. She says, She's too old. Right? I'm too old to have a husband. And let alone if I had a husband, I got a child tonight and had a you know, had a son tonight. Are you gonna wait? And now we're speaking to Orpah and Naomi, uh, uh, to Ruth. Are you going to wait till those sons become grown before you marry? Again, talk about the season of life you are in. So Naomi is speaking for herself. Naomi is not looking to get remarried. Understand that. She's not. But she understands her daughter-in-laws that they are in a season of life where they're looking to get remarried. If they so choose. So that's something now you got to consider. And then we get to verse 14. It says, And they lifted up their voice... And wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. And Ruth clave unto her. And then we get to verse 15. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. So we see here that Orpah like, Hey, I made my decision. I'm going back to the land. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, get remarried. Right? But Ruth said, I'm going to stay with my my mother-in-law. She was not thinking about getting remarried. Now, we understand Ruth and Boaz. Everybody loves to make comments about that. But Ruth wasn't looking for Boaz. Ruth was staying with her mother-in-law to take care of the needs of her mother-in-law. Right? Again, the reason I'm saying this to you because it's, we answer the question. You have the liberty to get remarried if your husband passes away. But think about the considerations. So what are some of those considerations you need to think about? First thing, the season of life you are in. Do you have children? Now, these women didn't have children. Of course, Naomi had two sons that died, but Orpah and, Na- and uh, Ruth, they didn't have any children. But So when your, your husband or, or your spouse passes away, do you have children? And then think about this. If you have children, 
What are the ages? What season of life are they in? Do you have minor children? Do you have teenage children? Do you have grown children? Right? All these things you need to consider before you talk about getting remarried. Why? Because understand this. Your children, whatever season of life they are in, they just lost their father or their mother had passed away. So now things that they are dealing with. So as a, as a parent now that has, has their loved one or their, their spouse has passed away, your focus needs to be on your children. If you have children, focus on them. Because they need to have the nurture and care now because their, their father, their mother now has passed away. Remember that. And remember, too, that the expectation of God hasn't changed. What I mean by that? God still expects for you to raise a godly seed. So regardless of what season your children are in and now your, your spouse has passed away, you still have responsibility to raise a godly seed. And so now if you're going to bring in a, a spouse into that situation, there's dynamics that's going to take place. Expectations for that other person coming in. You know, especially, you know, like I said, if you've got minor children, if you've got teenage children, and now you're going to remarry and bring a, a, a man or a woman into that situation, right? You, these are things you need to consider. You need to set forth those realistic expectations before you say, I'm going to go ahead and get remarried. That's why Paul says, hey, it's better, it's happier if she just abide, continue, because the considerations are going. All right? So that's children. First thing. There's another consideration you need to take in, 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 into place when you talk about getting remarried, right? Financial considerations. Let's just get real. Are you considering getting remarried because your financial pressures? Right? You need somebody to help you pay the bills? Come on now. I mean, that, that's where some people are, right? You know, whatever happened with your spouse, they left you and they didn't leave you in a good place financially, right? They didn't have their things in order. Maybe they did have their things in order. Whatever may be the case. But financially, you say, you know, I really do need help with this. I can't afford to live the lifestyle that I'm currently in unless I have help. And so that's considerations, right? Are you, what are, what's, what's the driving force for you wanting to be remarried? after your spouse passed away. What's driving you to that? What's your motivation? Again, is it, is it dealing with your children? Is it dealing with dealing about finances, right? And then think about this. There's another consideration. Medical considerations. You know, in other words, where's your health at? How healthy are you? Again, when you talk about marrying and bringing in a spouse and bringing in a, uh, you know, get married to someone else, you know, and that means that person may have to come into all your medical history. You know, in other words, there may be requirements and intentions that you may need to be taken care of and now your spouse has to deal with that these are considerations well if they love me they want come on now right you know you're in a different season of life you know some things you may not even disclose to, to your potential spouse until after they marry you know all of a sudden they figure out oh we got, you got some serious health issues that require serious attention these are considerations. Again, I'm not, like, we, like Ms. Mar said, we're not putting, hey, however you live your life is how you live your life. You are free. We're just bringing these things up as considerations. Your health is a consideration. All right? And then there's physical considerations. Right? And this is the one I think everybody's waiting on. Why are you considering getting remarried? Right? In other words, you've got your sexual urges, sexual impulses that you want to, you know, alleviate or relieve, you know, because you, you know, open up that area of your life. Obviously, you're married. You know, you're having sex, obviously. Come on now. Yes. So, you know, so now your spouse is going on, and so now your, your body is still responding to those appetites. And so now you think about, oh, I, I want to get remarried to fulfill those appetites. See, these are things you need to consider. You have to deal with these urges. Those urges are always going to be in this body because, again, that appetite is always, has been open. But you have to think about, okay, wait a minute. This is a lifetime covenant. If I'm going to go back into this again, 
with another imperfect person, including me, for another lifetime, all to fulfill my sexual urges? So those are things you need to consider. And, and, and again, I, one thing I want to say too, because I, I, I'm very, you know, in my the older you get, you really understand things, right? Understand things more and more. You know, you see a different way of thinking about things, right? <clears throat> and companionship is real. Companionship is a driving force for many people, right? In other words, people say, I just want to have a companion, you know, someone I can be around and be with, right? You know, those, those are real considerations, companionship. But at what cost? And everyone for themselves need to realize this and make this own decision about before they decide, I'm just going to go ahead and get remarried. Because your mentality has to be right, has to be correct. These are things you need to reconsider. It's almost like we go right back all over again in premarital class. Teaching those things we were before you got married. To get yourself in a place with mentally, like, because the standard of God doesn't change. You know, I mentioned the physical considerations. Understand, just because you got married once and, and now your, your husband or, or, or wife has passed away, the standard of God hasn't changed. That don't mean you go out there and commit fornication. Right? Because of appetite. So, again, the standard of God has not changed because of your situation. That's my point. So those things you have to consider and keep close to your heart. Amen? Amen. I've I got to really reemphasize some of the things because the counsel is the same. Um, and I don't know, and we don't know, right? These are anonymous questions. So we really don't have uh, an idea if this is a person who actually has gone through this and is a widowed individual. Uh, we don't have the knowledge if this is just hypothetical. We don't have the knowledge if this person is even married again. But uh, just want to come from the perspective. Let's say that you are a person who has uh, been widowed. Your spouse has passed away. And you are considering, right? And, and even if you are considering, this doesn't say that there's someone here who's willing to marry you or you, are you even looking out. Maybe that just thought just crossed your mind. Uh, but make sure that you do understand, you know, we are not anti-marriage. Marriage is God's institution. It is a divine institution. Marriage can be so wonderful. Marriage can be so great. It, it's an excellent, excellent thing. But marriage always comes down to a choice. Always comes down to a choice. And... Remember this. It's a life-defining choice, right? So you need to take your time, get sufficient counsel so you can make a wise decision, right? And I'll say this. You know, you go out to buy a car. You just don't go out and buy the first car you see, right? You, you, many of you, maybe some of you do, so let me not make that assumption. But many people do a little bit of studying, like what kind of gas does it use? Does it use supreme? Does it use regular? How big is a gas tank? How far can I go on a tank of gas? Does it have, you know, does it have a, 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 a what Apple Play or something like that? And you know, you're looking for all the creature comforts. So you want to get as much information as possible. You want to see the safety rating of it. Is it real safe? Can I, I trust my family in it? Can I trust my my wife or my my, uh, my spouse? Can I trust my children in it? You get all that kind of information. Because it's a choice. You can choose whatever car you want to, but you want to make sure you have, make a well-informed decision. So when it comes down to marriage, it's about your choice. And I want to reemphasize 1 Corinthians 7 and 40. Uh, it says, well, no, verse 39, I'm sorry, verse 39. I'm thinking about 40, but verse 39. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth, but if her husband be dead, she is at liberty. She's free to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. Let me go back to that and make sure that you understand. You're at liberty. You're free. Okay. As far as getting remarried again, be free in your mind that God is not condemning you if you get remarried again. 
but we will have you without carefulness. And so he goes on to say, only in the Lord. Okay. Just getting married for Mary's sake is a choice. You can. Let me explain to you what we do as ministers. We don't have dominion over your faith. We don't have dominion over your choices. We're just helpers of your joy. And if you want to have, or if you're interested in being married again, just don't get married. Get married in the Lord. And what does that mean to get married in the Lord? Let me help explain this to you. Get married in the Lord is find out what the Lord says. Let me tell you this. If the individual you're interested in marrying doesn't know him, I tell you what God says already. God says, no, this is not for you. But it's a choice. And I don't want to hear amens because I don't want your spouse to slap you. But there are people out there who got counsel, but they found out it was a choice, and you eat the fruit of your choice. Okay? And so those things do not change because you were married before. Those things remain the same. So everything that we have taught concerning premarital counseling, I heard you make mention of it um, in today's but everything we talk concerning premarital counsel still applies. And, and so I would say this. You need to take your time. You need to take your time. Here's one of the things that I think I need to say. Here's one of the things that we say in premarital counsel. You need to be ready. You need to be ready. Someone might say, well, I was married again. That doesn't mean you're ready. You know, I was married before. It doesn't mean you're uh, ready to be married again. It doesn't mean you're primed for that again. And I don't know why you got married in the first place, right? You may not have had the knowledge of God. A lot of us didn't have the knowledge of God when we got married, right? And so just because I was married before and now my spouse has passed away, now I'm just ready to be married, I don't think that is the case. But remember, the choice is yours. All we're going to do is provide biblical direction. So, Minister Hasten made mention of some considerations. One consideration I definitely want you to think about, if you are widowed and considering being married again, you're not ready to be married again if you remarry only to compare everything that your new spouse does compared to how your spouse that passed away did it. I don't think you're ready for marriage at that point in time. Again, I'm, I'm just giving my counsel. I'm giving my counsel at that. Just like verse 40 says, Paul says, but she is happy if she so abide after my judgment. He says, you're free to do whatever you want to do. But after my judgment, if you're in a point where everything that, uh, let's say you are a, a widowed uh, woman, and you are interested in another man, to be married again, and you're at liberty to be married again, and everything that this man does, you start comparing to what your previous husband did. I don't think that's fair to that man. I don't think that's fair to that man. And because in all honesty, you know, I am me. Minister Hasten is him. I can never be Minister Hasten. Minister Hasten can never be me. And so it's not about who's better. It's just that, no, it's got to be different. Yeah, it's going to be different. You know, it's going to be a different individual. And so next thing you know, you're going to start criticizing what they, I don't think that's fair, right? And, and you've got some things, some wounds in your mind that you're not over yet concerning that, right? And again, this is just my counsel. You're free to do whatever you want to do. Uh, again, going back to some premarital counsel, some advice that we give as a potential spouse, uh, as much as a potential spouse needs to be strong in the faith, 
You need to be strong in the faith. I want my Boaz. Are you a Ruth? You know, this is not anything new. This is the things that we've taught before. But many times when we're married in the midst of these teachings, you know, these things kind of get past us. So, so one of my pieces of advice is you probably need to go back and listen again. Some things that have already been said and judge righteously. All right? Don't just let it pass over you. Put this deep into thought. Because, again, this is life. You are not only altering your life, you're altering the life of the person that you're interested in, in marrying. Right? And so, in all of these things, take your time. Don't be in a rush. Now, here's another thing that you need to consider. Can you be transparent with your potential spouse? And I say that because you've been married and you've gone through the death of a spouse. I'm sure that there's some pain there. I'm sure that there's some hurt there. I'm sure there's some things that are deep-seated there. You need to be transparent with whoever it is that you're married. Because, again, and I want to make sure you understand this. This is just counsel, right? Someone might come and say, hey, I'm ready to take all that stuff on, right? But you've got to consider them, too, because you're bringing them into a union, right? And both of you are imperfect. But now, and I want to say this, too, because I've got to make sure, because we don't know how the age of this person. You know, people get widowed at different times. We assume we're going to be together for a lifetime. And, and you know, I'm, I'm going to be 80. You're going to be 80. It doesn't always work out like that, right? And we're at different levels of maturity. And one of these things that we have to be real about is that when we lose a spouse, it hurts. There's pain involved. There's someone that you committed your life to who's not there any longer. You have memories together. And you might be interested in marrying again, but just consider, you know, it's not right to whoever I'm going to marry again if I'm holding back things that bother me. I, 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 don't, I don't need to hold my potential spouse hostage when I just don't want to talk. And they don't know what's going on. I don't think that's right. Again, I'm, I'm, dealing this as, I'm dealing with this as though this is premarital counseling. Okay? And it's a little bit different when you come from a perspective of somebody who has been widowed as opposed to someone who's never been married before. These are just things. These are mature things that you have to consider. And I would say this also. Uh, these are just some of the considerations that we're making mention of. Just because you were married before doesn't mean you don't need counsel now before you get married again. So if you're actually considering marrying again, I would advise you seek out counsel. Again, not knowing the age, wherever you are, maybe your parents are still alive, you ought to talk to your parents. And you know your parents are going to be real with you. Boy, you're not ready. Girl, no, you're not over that stuff yet. You need to talk to your spiritual authority. Talk to your pastor if you're considering things such as that. Again, these things, because where you are from, I know in our minds, a lot of times we can handle this, we can handle that. But sometimes we're not honest with ourselves. We need somebody from a different perspective to let us know whether or not we are able to handle another relationship like that. And, and even that, you know, some of these things the pastor would bring up. You know, what about your children? You're, you know, your child is up here suffering right now. And you're thinking about doing this. And again, someone might say, how long? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'll just say it this way. I don't know. I would say this. Again, this is after my judgment. You're going to do with it what you want to do with it. But I think within the course of a year, that's a little bit too quick. That's just my judgment, okay? And also remember that in marriage, you need to know who you're marrying. 
That's why I say it. Think of within a year is a little bit too quick. You need to know who you're marrying. You will not have all knowledge. You're never going to have all knowledge. But you should not commit yourself to an unknown commodity. Don't commit yourself to somebody that, well, I, I, all the signs were there, but you didn't know. Okay? So, so make sure that you know the person that you're interested in marrying. Again, this is just advice because you're free. You're at liberty. This is about your choice. Just like Mr. Hasten said, you know, once you commit, you've committed. Don't come back later on and, and start to say, you know what, I, I should have. No, no, no. Once you're committed, you commit. All right? And I will say this. There's a lot of things I want to say, okay? So let me take my time. Also remember in marriage, it's not all about you. I need to be married again. So you find somebody to marry so you can be satisfied. Marriage is not all about you. Again, this is a divine institution. It is created by God. You know, you start to concern yourself with how you can please your spouse, not how your spouse can please you. See, all these things are in premarital counseling. All these things, this, this is not new. I'm not saying anything that probably has not been said before. This is why I, I, I admonish you. Go back and, and rehear some things on purpose. Take your time to listen to these things and hear God minister to you so you can find out what it is to marry only in the Lord. And I will be honest with you, just like we just saw with Ruth and Orpah, some people should be married again. Be straight up with you. Some people should be married Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 8. Verse number 8 and number 9. Paul gives some good counsel here, inspired by the Holy Spirit. In verse number 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he says, I say therefore to the unmarried and widows. Do you hear that? I say to the unmarried and widows. He categorizes those who have been married before, but their, their, their spouse passed away in the same category as the unmarried. So when we give out premarital counseling, the same applies to those who have never been married before as to those whose spouse has passed away. A widow or widower. So he says, I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I. Remember in verse 40 he says, they'd be happier if they remained the same after his judgment. So he says now, to the unmarried and widows, it's good for them if they abide even as I. But, if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. Now we can go over all the reasons why you want to marry, but some people just plain need or should be married again. And when you are married again, you're married again. Okay? Listen to no no one's sitting up if someone is sitting up there talking about you, they're wrong. I say that right now. If someone's sitting up there talking about you, that is not God to talk about you because you got married again. For whatever reason you got married again. Everybody is not the same. I recall this one individual I knew. I I knew her and and her, her husband had passed away. And I remember this because her, her husband actually gone to, gone to a, a high school with our, our founding pastor. So I remember when that happened. And I remember speaking with her uh, sometime after um, her husband had passed away and asking how she was doing. And, and I remember some things that she said to me. And I remember at that point in time hearing what she said, I'm thinking, she needs to be married again. Mm-hmm. And no doubt, it didn't take too long. She was married again. 
I'm not sitting up here talking about oh, she, she got to marry too quick or anything like. No, she's married again now. She made a choice. That was her choice. That's not my choice because I'm not the one getting married, right? So when we give this counsel, listen. Always make sure you hear for yourself. Don't hear for somebody else. Don't hear for somebody else. Don't hear. All of a sudden, I'm thinking about brother so and so or sister so and so, and they were married. They're married now. Okay, and so God respects that union here on out. Okay. You need to respect that union from here on out. So if you are to be married again, it's your choice. Some people can handle not being married again. Some people can't. Now, let me say this. I don't know if you know before your spouse dies whether or not you can handle not being married again. Do you hear me? I don't know. I know what we say. But I don't know. Because that is a place that you don't want to get to. And you don't and there's no book written on how to handle when a spouse dies. And you don't know what your response is going to be. So I want to say this to those of you who are married now. It would be great and it would be wonderful if we had a guarantee from our God and our Father. That we would go together, us and our spouse. But there's no guarantee given. And we know that chances are we both probably won't go at the same time. And when that time comes, so here I am, right? Me and my wife are married. And that time comes and I go before my wife. And my wife, you know, all this time before to this point in time, she, I'm never getting married again. She might get to the point where she says, you know what, I just can't handle it, right? The, the companionship might just be just, just too great, right? Here's one of the things that you've got to consider. If I held my wife hostage all that time while we were alive, you better not get married. You better not get married again. And then I'm gone, and she's dealing with emotions she never had to deal with before. She's dealing with issues she never had to deal with before, and she didn't even re- recognize the things that were going because she'd never been there before. And now she might be considering, but now I'm in the grave holding her hostage. So I would advise those of you who are married now, have those conversations now. Have those conversations now. And, 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 and I don't know, I'm, I'm guessing that I know you think you're the best thing since sliced bread, and no one can compare to you. And they, they stop making spouses. You know, you don't need any other spouse after me because none can, uh-uh. They can't treat you like I do. They can't, you know, I'm, I'm, they're not going to be as good as I, I can be. But in all honesty, you've got to consider, if I am gone and my spouse is struggling, do I want her held hostage because, I'm saying her because I'm a man, do I want her held hostage because I refuse to say, you know, if I do go, I'm all right if you get married again. You consider, now again, I understand, some of you might be, you are who you are. I'm not telling, I cannot command you to, to free your spouse that way. Because some of you might be of the thought, you're not getting married again. I heard what they said, but you're not getting married again. That's who you marry. But others who do have a care that they don't want you in bondage. And again, this is just freeing them in case they can't handle it. But they might say right now, and again, I, I, I imagine the conversation would go something to this extent. If I die, honey, I want you to know that you're free to get married again. Oh, I'm not going to get married again. I just want you to know that you're free. Get married again. 
And you don't have to go into detail about it. You don't know what's going to happen after that time. You don't know how you're going to handle it. You just need to make sure that if that's your concern, that you let them be free, even though they say, I don't need to be free. Again, that's up to you. Now, the conversation might go something like, hey, honey, after I die, don't you marry nobody else. Well, then, you know, that's on you. Again, I don't know. Again, I'm saying this because I don't know who you are. I can't make that assumption that everybody's in the same boat with regards to these things. But these things are, are very, very, very real. You know, and I thank my God that you're not alone. You're not on your own. You're not left to your own understanding. But in all your ways, if you acknowledge him, he will direct your path. And because I believe this is one of the things that goes on when, when people think about remarrying. You know, whoever this is, is, let's imagine that this is a person who has been widowed, but they were never made free. And so now they're struggling with the idea, you know, I kind of want to, but I haven't been made free. Let me ask this question again. I'm, I'm just imagining. I don't know. But one of the things that we need to make sure of is that we settle issues that need to be settled, that we are aware that might come. We need to settle those issues now. So I hope everyone is hearing this. I hope everybody is understanding this. Now, the, the simple answer to this is, yeah, you're free. You're free. And I believe this is a good question from this perspective. They ask for the counsel of God. Many of us are free and we do what we want to do and we never seek out the counsel of God. Now, what we do with the counsel of God, that's up to you. But the counsel is there. Amen? Yeah, I just want to... <clears throat> I love how you went into that being free and with the spouse because I think that is so... I mean, that is so important. Let me say it like this, right? You know, take these... These teachings, this counsel, take it seriously. Have these conversations now. You know, in other words, between you know husband and wife, and and make sure they're free about you know because again, nine times out of ten or whatever, the likelihood is that one somebody's gonna go before the other. You're not gonna go together, right? And so it'd be good to have the conversations, saying, okay, you know something, honey, if I, if I go before you, you're free. I, I don't want you. If you decide to get remarried, don't let let the decision don't be let it not be based on me. Right, and, and here's the thing too. You know, regardless, if you had a great marriage or you got a lousy marriage, right? Still, let let them be free in their decision after you're gone, right? And again, I think that is so important to have the discussion now while your mind is sober, while you're alert, versus you know you gotten sick or you're in a place and you're like you know, then you say things you know that you don't you don't even need to be saying. Have it now. Everybody's sober. Everybody's can talk freely. Have the conversation. And it, and it ties into, like Minister Martin talked about premarital class, this also ties into the, the teachings we talk about with death, right? You know, having your affairs in order. That's because that's, I'm going to tell you something. It's not like leaving your spouse there financially struggling, like we mentioned that consideration, and you're talking about, well, you, you don't, don't marry nobody else, but you're like, you know, you left me with all these bills, right? I'm struggling, right? And, and then, well, you know, you got our children can help out. You, why are we going to put that on the children? Anyway, I'm just saying, this teachings you need to understand. Right? While you're trying to be the man saying she can't do this, have you left in a situation where naturally, saying, again, the companionship and her emotions and feelings, that's a whole, that's her. But I mean, naturally, financially, she's able to go on without you. Right? You know, make sure you have your affairs in order. And, and so that's, a, to me, is a very important part of that conversation, too. When you talk about, honey, hey, you're free to get married to whoever you want to marry to. Understand that it's, 
ain't got nothing to do with me and I'm gone anyway, right? But, you know, you're free to do it. You know, we have the freedom to do it. Don't make your choice based on me. And then understand, hey, all this, this is the financial situation, right? Here's everything's laid out. Here's our affairs. Here's what you're going to have. You know, and, I, and this is what I tell my wife. I said, if I go before you, I said, honey, you know what I want you to do? Live. Enjoy life. That's why I tell live, baby, live. You know, take them little dollars I, I left you and live. Right? However you want to live. Live. You're free. Right? You know, and, and that's the thing about it. Don't, don't hold them in bondage. And that's why, I, I mean, I think that is so important to have these types of conversations now, husband and wife, regardless what season you're in. You've been married for, you know, one year. You've been married for 100 years, right? Have these conversations now to free everybody up about their mindset, right, when the other one's gone, right? And, and let me just read this, too, because the minister mentioned something, too, and I, and I love this as well. Is, you know, some of y'all do get, need to get remarried. You know, we, we talked about that, and Paul gave his counsel about, you know, when your husband passed away. I'm talking about that case, right? I ain't talking about you get remarried and you got a husband now, right? That's, that's called adultery. Okay, anyway. But, I mean, your husband passed away, and, and, and you, know, you, you know, you're in a place where you need to be at. The, you, the mentality you have, you, and you, you do good to get a spouse. And look at this in 1 Timothy chapter 5, because it talks about the younger widows. 1 Timothy chapter 5. Verse 11. It says, 1 Timothy 5 and 11, it says, But the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, having damnation because they have cast off their first faith. And with all they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, not only idle, but tattlers, also and busybodies, speaking things which they ought not I will, therefore, that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. For some have already turned aside after Satan. And so, again, these are the things I think is important, too, because you saw with Ruth and with Naomi, and, and, and Naomi was a great mother-in-law. They said, hey, y'all young. You know, you need a husband. Get married. Go have children. Bear children. Right? You're young. And so, but that, again, that's a choice. You, again, you have the choice to make, but some of y'all need to get remarried. In other words, my, my point is saying that take the time to spend with God when your husband passes away. There is a mourning process. There is a healing process. There is a restoration process. Don't rush the process. Take time in the process in the Lord. And let the Lord minister to you about your next steps. And I'll just give an example of, of, for myself. I, I mean, my grandmother. My grandmother, her husband passed away when she was in her 20s. And she had three children. My grandmother did. Three children. They had my mother and, and my aunt and my uncle. And I remember asking my grandmother. She never got remarried. And she said, you know, she said she had plenty of suitors in her 20s when her husband passed away. That's just my grandmama. But she said she took consideration of her daughters. Again, that was a time and season, you know, that's the age they live in, right? She did not want to have a man come in and deal with her, her daughters, right? Because there are things that men did back in that time and still do today when it comes to daughter anyway. So that, that was her mentality. So she said she chose not to get remarried, right? So she settled those issues. So she stayed from that point on in her 20s, a young woman, and raised up her children, of course, with the family there helping her to raise up those three children. And she went on, right? And, but that was her choice. It was a maturity place. 
And if you know you are not mature, you know you're going about tattletale, you know you're a busybody, uh, you need some structure, right? And it's good for you women to have a husband there to say, no, baby, that's, you know, you need somebody there to help you. You know, and so those are the things, you know, every, everybody is not at that place, right? Everybody's at a different season and level of maturity in their life. And that's why, again, that's what I'm saying to you. You can't just say, well, so-and-so got remarried and, or so-and-so didn't get remarried, so I'm not. This is an individual choice, and you need to make it for yourself, only in the Lord, for these considerations. Amen? Amen. So, you got the answer, right? Your liberty, the choice is yours. Now, if you ask from a biblical perspective, now you've got biblical counsel. You probably have some homework to do as well if you want to follow along that lead. But again, we thank God that we are able to at least be able to address that question. Hopefully we helped you out. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.